Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How is long? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet before we nursed. Oh, listen, Laverne, it's a shit feast. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard. You found the Barbecue Central Show. We talk about barbecue and grilling-related shenanigans and tomfoolery here for two hours. If you're just tuning in, where were you? The guy from the Food Network was on. You know, that guy? The Grill Dads? Half of them? Mark Anderson? At the Grill Dads on Instagram? That guy was right here on this show. Now, don't be all in despair. Boing. You can get this show on podcast, and you know it, especially if you are listening to this right now, Thursday or Friday. Probably didn't miss anything. But if you're just tuning in live right now and you're like, curses, I missed Mark Anderson, the grill dad, or I missed Belinda talking about the new Smithfield World Barbecue Championship. Cups point race. Curse it. Hi, this is Jeff Richards. Jeff. You're listening to Barbecue Central. Thank you for coming in. Happy belated birthday to you, Jeff Richards. It's the weirdest. Where did that even come from? You can always get the show on podcast. Don't worry. John Dawson weighing in 10 years ago equals last year. Let me tell you something, folks. John Dawson has the most intimate, intricate, and accurate recall of this show. The minutia that does not get by him is incredible. John, congratulations. I, see, I know the inside joke that he's going for, by the way. If you don't follow me socially, wow, you're missing out. I want to bring value to your life, so immediately start it if you don't already on the Instagram at BBQ Central Show. Same on the Twitter slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook and a promotional note, as I mentioned in the top of the first hour. Currently running a contest for some free Bubba Burger swag and burgers. Now, in all fairness, while I'm a very big fan of Bubba Burgers, and if you say Rempy poo-poo on you, I say poo-poo on you. See what I'm doing? I'm poo-pooing your poo-pooing. If you've never tried them, and I tried them once, it was by mistake, I think. Party, ran out of burgers, go to the store, grabbed a box, just happened to be Bubba Burgers. And then my life was changed. They're not a sponsor of the show. I'm just a fan. It's not always shilling with Rich (laughs) most of the time, but not all the time. John, you can place that too. I like them. You may hate them. However, if you've never had them and you don't want to shuck out 
that 13 bucks or whatever it is for the six pack, six pack, yeah, that I'm giving you an opportunity to not only win a box of burgers, but you can win a bubble burger hat and shirt and apron so you can stay pristine while you are manning the flames. All you have to do is go to my Instagram account and click on my bio link. And then at the very, very top, the first option is iTunes review link. Click on that and then leave me a review. Leave the show a review in iTunes. That helps me boost visibility within that platform. It's still like the most popular. So you're doing me a favor. Then at the very end or somewhere in your dissertation and review of the show, use hashtag contest. You have from now all the way until the end of next show. That's October 2nd, a whole seven days. So it's not just for the live listener. It's not just for the podcaster. It is for everybody. You do need an Instagram account in order to, well, I mean, you know, like that photo, but you know what? It doesn't have to be, you, you don't have to have an Instagram account now that I'm thinking about it. If you have one, it's easier to get to the link. If you are listening to this and you have an iPhone or an iDevice or you operate like that, go into the podcast store, find my show, the Barbecue Central show, and then give me a review. All you really need to do is make sure that you use the hashtag, uh, hashtag contest. I hate being redundant. All you have to do is use hashtag contest. And then at the end of next Tuesday night, we'll go through and make sure that we section out all the people that took the time to leave a review. And then they will be my potential contest winners. Very exciting. Again, a hat, an apron, a shirt, extra large, not extra... And also a voucher for a free six box of Bubba Burgers. All right. (laughs) Bad review. Hashtag contest. You know, I know that's coming. (laughs) I know that's coming. But I can't say, leave me a five-star review. If you don't like the show, I mean. All right, here's what I want to mention. I tease it in my Instagram story, and I want to share this with you because I never heard about it. So the guy that's coming up next segment, Steve Ray, my Tennessee Embedded correspondent, has launched a fledgling new show on the Facebooks called uh, The Backyard Barbecue and Grilling Show or some funny name like that. I think he's in uh, last week with his third week. And he had Dave Bosk on the show a day after I had him on this show when we were talking about his Reserve Grand Championship win at the American Royal Open. And Dave dropped a nugget when talking about brisket cooking process. He mentions that he separates the point and the flat before cooking. Now, for some of you, that might seem completely extreme and sacrilegious. I've heard of that before, all the way back to the very first brisket roundtable. There were some panel members on that show that were separating point and flat right from the rip. So I have heard the thing that I had not heard before was wrapping your brisket at 150 degrees internal. That's right. Let me remind you, 150. 
most folks are wrapping, and I'm not going to talk about competition folks because they're typically different, but Dave is a competition guy. This was his method. And he's saying, don't do it at the 165, 175 range. That's where most people do the wrap. Do it at 150, and according to Dave, once you get to that stereotypical window of temperature, that 165, 170 range, you've already lost a good amount of moisture because of the stall. The inside and the outside temperatures are trying to equalize. That is the stall. And in that process, you are losing moisture. And wrapping at 150 degrees internal retains the moisture. So pull it off at 150, whether it's whole or uh, you know separate pieces right off the bat. Wrap them. I assume Dave's using foil. I don't know that for sure. I would do butcher paper, or I would try one in foil, one in butcher paper. I would do one one way, and then the next week follow it up with a different way. But wrap at 150, so this retains moisture, has a great as a great benefit, but also helps you push through that stall period way more rapidly. Dave was cooking briskets in five and six hours, whole briskets. And I have to say, the wrapping at 150, and I thought I have heard it all my time on the show, but I can tell you with 100% of surety and proper recollection, and Dave or John, you can correct me if you remember different, I have never heard anybody say that they pull the brisket at 150 and wrap in order to A, retain moisture, and then a side benefit of that is being able to push through to their target finish temp way more quickly. Never tried it before, but I can tell you what, next brisket cook, I am trying it. Yeah. Why not? Here's my question to the people that are in instant chat on the emails and so forth. Has anyone, has anybody in my live or for you podcast listeners react to me? Has anyone in my live or podcast audience heard of this before? Or are you currently doing this as well and you just aren't sharing it with anybody? Not wrapping at 165 and 170, but pulling it at 150, then wrapping it. And according to Dave, retaining a tremendous more amount of moisture and, again, side benefit, getting through that stall, racing through the stall because you're not trying to have that piece of meat equalize internal and external temperatures. That was a nugget that I wanted to pass along. Embedded correspondence segment coming up out of the break. Let me talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. Come on, you know them, you love them. Three different models to choose from. I recommend having at least two Green Mountain Grills at the ready, no matter what the scenario. You can get the Davy Crockett, which is your portable one. We are knee-deep in the tailgate season, whether you're on the professional or the collegiate side, or maybe you live in a city that has both available to you. Great capacity, even though it is portable. If you don't have access to that 12, uh, for that traditional power outlet, you can use the 12-volt outlet in your car. And you get that benefit of the wood pellets, which everybody loves. Great flavor, great taste, easy to transport that fuel. 
doesn't take an incredible amount of time to cool down, so you don't have to worry about, what am I going to do with these hot charcoals? If you want something a little bit more substantial on the patio deck or outdoor cooking area, Jim Bowie, medium. I'm sorry, Jim Bowie's the big one. Daniel Boone is the medium size. So depending on how big of a family you have, or maybe get both, so you can cook a lot of food if you're having a big party, or you can decide, you know, kind of big party, so I'm going to just use the big one, or... I'm not going to have that big of a party, so I'll use the Daniel Boone. Here's the great benefit. So Green Mountain Grills has a wonderful selection of rubs and sauces and accessories, accoutrements that are built to complement the Green Mountain Grills specifically. But if you're also into cooking other stuff, those rubs and sauces can translate outside of the Green Mountain Grill landscape. Then you also have the option of that pizza oven. Oh, come on, guys. If you have the Daniel Boone or the Jim Bowie, spend the 150 bucks or less on Amazon or wherever your Green Mountain Grill dealer is. If they don't have the pizza oven, ask them to get it shipped in. Jason Baker and the gang will make sure that they get it done. They want to have their outfitters outfitted with all of their great accessory stuff. Then you have a pizza oven. You have to go out and spend $2,000 on a Forno Bravo pizza oven imported from Italy. Maybe it's even more than that. So fun, easy, pizza's done, two to three minutes, easy to use. Come on, come on, let's do this. All right, the Embedded Correspondence segment, when we come back, you are listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around, we'll be right back. giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue a man actually named meathead the author of a barbecue bible bloggers reviewers competitors and manufacturers by the dozens it's the barbecue central show once again here's your host greg rempey and this portion is brought to you by fireboard monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via the Bluetooths, the red, white, and blue hoo-hoo-tooths. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard is fully integrated with both. Yeah. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232 and check it out. I'm ready to order mine, no doubt. All right, this portion of the month brings the wildly heralded and largely trumpeted embedded correspondence segment. And this evening, we have the gentleman from Tennessee, Steve Ray. We have the gentleman from Texas, Doug Scheiding. And we have the new gentleman in a fill-in role, at least for now, the gentleman from Michigan, John Solberg who also produces the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. All right, guys, so on the agenda for this evening, John, this was your idea, right? It was let's come up with a a best guest mention or a best Barbecue Central show guest hall of fame, if you will. 
Absolutely. Gotta have it. There's a lot of great guests, and they you need to have a Hall of Fame. Well, as I always say, if I can't get into the Hall of Fame, I'm going to figure out a way to make a Hall of Fame. I've never said that. But uh, let's give it a whirl tonight and see what happens. So uh, we will start, John, with you, and we'll start with, let's, um, I would ask for a, a quorum's decision here, but it's my show, so I'll go ahead and mandate. Let's start with the recurring guests. Who are your favorite recurring guests and why, and if it would mandate that we go around the room for a little feedback on that, then uh, we will do that. So, John, the floor is yours. Well, thank you. But the list for recurring is long because all of the, the recurring. John? John I got to say, you are, you, are you there with oh, me? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, sorry. We just dropped a little bit there. Go ahead. All right. I'm going to jump right into it. Okay. My first recurring guest nomination for the Hall of Fame is Stephen Reichlin. It's got to be the first guy in the in the door. Absolutely. I'm going to follow up with meathead on him, and then I'm going with Dave Bosca. Dave Bosca. Absolutely. I, I, I will call him a recurring guest. All right. I'm going to backtrack right now. Uh, I'm sorry. Steve, I want to bring you in. I don't know why I didn't do this right off the top because I don't want to break uh, John's momentum here. I'm trying to figure out how uh, that I... is tailgate and growing show. How do I, how do I blow you up? I, you know, this, I don't know. I hate. I can't stand Skype one bit since they've updated. I freaking hate. It. Go to hell, Skype. Fuck with my show all the damn time. Jesus, I hate. It. Uh, I got your back. I put I posted it on Facebook, Steve. Yeah, all right. So, <laughs> uh, Steve, Dave Bosca showed up on your show uh, last week, the uh, yes. the barbecue and grilling show, and tailgating barbecue and grilling show, and said, Pick one. And, Pick one. and and just dropped a nugget that I had never heard. Have you heard of pulling briskets at one? Did you realize you were in the midst of radio gold as he was laying this out? Uh, I'd never heard that. I didn't, I don't, I didn't think it was as big a deal as you're thinking it is, but, um, if it works for David, it works for David. I'm a 165 guy, but I, um, I separate my brisket briskets during competition. Steve, Definitely. you're just immediately discounting the guy that re- did reserve grand championship in the, at the American Royal. That's not for you. No, no, no. You just I'm said not it's not for you, anything. right? You just, well, I'm not for me. I'm going to stay with 165. F him. Uh, well, the guy that the guy I learned from was team of the year, and he was a one sixty five guy. So, you know, there's all kinds of ways to get to Chicago, Greg. All right, uh, Doug, what about you in in one fifty? Game changer for you, or no way you would do it? Oh, ab- absolutely! I'm going to do uh, several briskets and try it out. So, absolutely, John. What about you? I do. Yeah, sorry. I have no problem with the one fifty. I've not done a brisket. I've done a lot of pork butts that way. I think the principles the equal. Uh, Doug, did you have something else to follow up on? I'm sorry. Oh yeah, no, it's it's okay. I actually do more based on color than than mm. temperature, but in the end, it usually is between 160 and uh, 170. Does it make sense that if you pull it at 150 and wrap, that you're going to retain moisture because you're not having to deal with a portion of the stall where it's equalizing and losing moisture? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Steve, that, uh, absolutely. Steve, do you do you buy into that concept at least? Mm, I, I don't know. Uh, I've never done 150, Greg. I, I've always do 165. Now, Darren Worth, he chimed in on Facebook, said he pulls his and does his at uh, 
150 to 155 also, but mm-hmm. he said he doesn't use his thermometer. Right. So, right. You know, figure, figure that out. All right. Sorry. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, now, now, if he does it, I, I'm, I'll, I'll start. Maybe I need to do it at 145 and I'll get some calls. You, Who knows? You mean if Darren does it at 150, 155, <laughs> that, that gives you the, that will open the floodgate? Yeah. Yeah. Not David Bosca, the guy that showed up on your show. <laughs> wow, that's weird. The reserve grand champion. Wow. Uh, John, let's get back to you because we've uh, derailed your initial head of momentum. Uh, Stephen Reichlin, Meathead, and Dave Bosca is your rec- uh, is your favorite recurring guests. That's that's what I've got down on my list right now. Okay. Um, Dave Bosca could be a go into two categories. He could be semi-recurring or recurring. So, you know, that's that's a sticking point. Um, but I'll leave up to, to the gentleman in the room. Yeah, I think there's going to be some gray area here on, on some of the people that we pick, and we like gray area here. As I've always noted, I love to live in hypocrisy. It's my favorite place to live. Doug, let's go ahead over to you and talk about some of your recurring guest favorites that should be in the Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame. Okay, uh, uh, recurring, of course, you know, you've got the three, the you know, Meathead and Dr. Barbecue and Reichlin. I actually went a step further and said, you know, my favorite uh, kind of Meathead moments have been uh, uh, this, like you mentioned it earlier, when you and he used to argue over the definition of what's barbecue and what's growing. I, I just thought those segments were good. Um, Dr. Barbecue, him uh, opening, uh, telling us all these years that we're not supposed to open a restaurant, and now he's, uh, you know, saying not to, and then now he's going to, which of course he he will open around November fifteenth, I think is uh, is my guess. But uh, and uh, and Reichlin, uh, the shock over Greg having not uh, eaten caviar ever, and uh, of course the tenth circle uh, most recently. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so those were some of my favorite moments of the recurring guests. Uh, not to pull back or expose the fourth wall of the show here but we have really latched on to ray lampy's continuance of opening dr barbecue what seems like it's dragged on for the better part of the long existence of this show which is going on 11 years now it seems like that but it really isn't and we have made an internal bet on if we think he's really gonna i mean can you believe it steve we are literally on the precipice now of him being on my show almost a month ago and saying we have an open date. It's going to be October 3rd. I think he was anticipating being on the show October 2nd, putting himself in a wild position of having to be on and saying, well, we're going to have to bet, or we had to come into more red tape or hoops. How do you see it playing out, Steve? Well, he, he keeps posting those pictures on Facebook of piles of lumber saying <laughs> we're almost ready. And, and John saw them and said, being an installation guy, I, I understand that's not, that's nothing, but then he'll post them again the next week. And I, and I show them to John and I say, they're still there, the piles of lumber. And they're still, you know, and he's still saying, Hey, if you want a job, come on down to Dr. Barbecue. So uh, you know, I got Doug. I've got November fifteenth in the pool. So. Oh, okay. What what do I have? November first. Yeah, do you first, have the Steve? So. Do, you, to, do you have the I'd dates have available? Book. All right. Yeah, they, Steve would have to reference the bookie book. Um, John, uh, do, I, where do you where do you see it falling out I, in the end? Do you think? Well, I think I'm going to lose this one, but I'm rolling with Doctor Barbecue's original date because I got to have faith in him. You know, he's been at this a long time. 
including building <laughs> restaurants. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to go with him. He's been doing this since 1982. He's actually been building a restaurant since 1982. Yeah, well, I think it seems like, it. Uh, well, go ahead, Joe. Greg, Greg, I went to his uh, Facebook page tonight. And what I want to know is why the, the uh, restaurant is rated a 4.1 out of five with 16 reviews. And it's not open yet. <laughs> what? <laughs> It's it's the best restaurant that hasn't technically served a meal yet on uh, Zagat and Yelp. Wow, the sawdust was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna see how that uh, eventually turns out. Um, and I think, you know, I debate on Stephen Reich. I mean, I'll give you my list here in a second. But as far as what Doug was mentioning, and, and John also mentioned Stephen Reichland being in his Hall of Fame as a guest on the show, I I vacillate of my favorite segments being how shocked he was that I had not eaten caviar. And, you know, my reaction is, why the hell would I eat it? I mean, like, that's nothing that comes off the top of my head is something that I need to try now, tomorrow, or 10 years from now. And when I had mentioned it, I felt like I had failed him to some degree. He seemed hurt. And then the hot dogs and the 10th degree of hell, or as I called it, the 10th circle of hell, uh, which ended up being the 10th circle of hell. So those are those are definitely a couple of my favorites. Uh, Steve, who makes your recurring list? Well, you know, first at first I agreed with John. I, I was leaning towards Stephen Reichlin. And I, I guess it was because I was more impressed with his knowledge, his background, his uh savoir faire, so oh, to speak. Yes. But then the more I but the more I thought about it, I, I kinda I kept going back to Dr. Barbecue. And here's the reason. Dr. Barbecue it, he, he's brutally honest when he's when he's on the show, and I and I love that about him. Uh, he's funnier than than anything else about this restaurant thing. It, he just laughs at himself. And the and the third thing is he's doing what a lot of us only dream of doing, and that's making a living being a barbecue personality. And and I I really admire that. So I had to move Doctor Barbecue up to the recurring. Uh, guest in the Hall of Fame. My second choice was Meathead because I, I love the I love the physical condition he always shows up in for the show. And third, <laughs> I love and I, and I do like Stephen Reichlin, but I had to move him down to third. So it's my guy, Doctor Barbecue, Meathead, Stephen Reichlin. Steve, I don't want to speak out of school for you here, but you are under the assumption that Meathead shows up bombed for my shows, right? <laughs> I'm under the assumption that Meathead goes out to dinner on the Tuesdays he's on the show, and he drinks a lot of wine with his buddies. But you know what? He always makes it back for the show, and I admire that too. No doubt. Uh, all right, so here's my recurring Hall of Famers as it relates to guests. Um, you know, I, I'm going to say in no particular order because there's really not an incredible amount of recurring guests. So Stephen Reichlin is in there for me. I have uh, both personal feelings for that he was like the first big get i ever got when the show was still a podcast so his uh, quickness in replying back to me and then doing that very first podcast uh, i think it was like 12 or 13 years ago now will always remain very special to me and that he has continued on on a regular basis with the show so he's definitely in a uh, meathead without a doubt uh, as doug had mentioned from our initial conversations and sometime arguments about how to cook a steak or what's barbecue and what's grilling. And uh, those were always very fun all the way up and th through the sharing of science and the release of the book and all that. Here's the curveball for you guys. And you guys don't have sound effects, but I do. 
third, and I say this with peace and love, no disrespect to any other recurring guest right now. I mean, I love everybody, of course. Scott Roberts. Anybody think about that guy? Remember Scott Roberts? What the hell happened to Scott Roberts? Get that out of here. He, he dropped Scott off Roberts. the face of the earth. Which one is which one is he? Scott Roberts uh, uh, was the official barbecue rub and sauce evaluator of the yeah, barbecue okay. Central. Yeah, the reviewer guy. Not yeah. only that, I believe he was the first guy that ever got a title on my show. The official anything of the show was Scott Roberts, uh, Barbecue Central Show's official sauce and rub, uh, rub reviewer. Now, he was well-heralded uh, well heralded as a fiery foods expert as well. But he would come on month after month, year after year, always did a review on like two sauces and a rub, or sometimes it was two rubs and a sauce. But he always had three items to review. He was always there. He always broke it down. We did uh, overall flavor profile. We had a price point where you could get it. And then he would rate them. All on his own, we came up with a rating system. They were kind of fun, like Grand Champion, Reserve Grand, Backyard Gorilla. Backyard, uh, Oven Baker, I think, was like the worst you could ever get. And there were some of those. But he showed up month after month for years. And then all of a sudden, the guy fell off the face of the earth. I had him set up for a segment. uh, You know, I I would say like a couple months ago, but I think it's probably more like, you know, two or three years ago, whatever, however long it's been, because this is where I live in on time. But he emailed me and he's like uh i can't make my segment and i'm done with the show forever that was it boom and then has anybody seen him anywhere john solberg have you been able to stalk him out anywhere or is he ghost he still has a fairly active facebook account but but it's not related to the to the business of the hot sauce and the reviewing Hmm. doug have you seen anything about him no, I, I thought he had uh, gone off and found Jesus, and so maybe that's why he Uh-oh. was off the oh, show. This show and Jesus can't do that. <laughs> All right. That explains a lot. All right, so uh, those are our uh, recurring guests. Now, uh, let's So talk- are you putting him in the Hall of Fame? Scott Roberts? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hell, you find Jesus. I mean, that's your own problem. You can still get in my Hall of Fame. I'm not going to hold that oh, against you. I didn't mean that. Oh, I'm all inclusive. Over Meathead and... Uh- Oh, I mean, all the guys are still with you. That no, didn't those, tell you to go, I'm, go I'm, uh, I'm go ahead and and putting all three of them into the hall. Everybody I mentioned tonight is getting into the Hall of Fame. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay, I see. That's, I that's how my Hall of Fame is working. Yours might be a little bit different. Be crowded in the Greg's Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, you know, I've said long, so many times in in regards to the barbecue Hall of Fame. Why not have a big sweeping initial induction so you can cover a lot of ground and then you can start to be a little bit more picky after that. So that's at least what I'm doing here. Let's talk about semi-recurring guests. They don't show up once a month. Maybe it's once a quarter. Maybe it's three or four times a year, whatever recurring means to you. And we'll start with Steve this time. Man, that was that was so easy for me. So saying the cooking guy. Saying the cooking guy, hands down. Hands down. He is. Hands down, he's wow. hilarious. Really? Oh, oh, he—he's the Greg. Look, he interacts with you, and you interact with him. He—he's so laid back. He's like—he's like James Bond, cool when he's on the when he's talking to you. And and, and you know, he showed he showed the uh, uh, his studio to you that one time, and, right. he's, and he drinks and 
and the drunker he gets, the, the worse he, you know, he worse he acts. His, his language gets terrible. You know, at first he starts out the show saying the F, you know, well, I don't want to say the F word, the F word. Then all of a sudden he's saying the F word and it's, it's just great. It's just great radio. And he's so talented and he's got that. He's just got that cool rhythm. You know, when he's talking, he's just, some guys are just cool and, and he's, he's cool. He's James Bond cool. Sam, Sam, the cooking guy, hands down. Oh, right. Um, is that it for you? You're just doing one, right? Are you just doing Well, one? I thought that was the rule, but that's okay. okay. I should have known better. All right. Yeah, I, I change rules often. John Solberg, <laughs> recurring, uh, semi-recurring guest for you? I'm, I'm really, I'm enamored with Steve's man crush on Sam, and uh, I definitely support that decision to put Sam in the guest hall of fame. Um, I got a couple others to throw in there, semi-recurring. I really got to talk about Teddy Reader. I mean, Teddy yeah. Reader is the man. Yeah. You know, he's the uh, he's the Canadian Stephen Reichlin. So he's on that list. And I also added Tuffy Stone just because I just love it when you get Tuffy on there and just you just like you don't even need to be there. All you got to do is put him on and he runs. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you know, it's like he's a great guest. Understand him. <laughs> well, yeah, the phone phone is its own issue. Uh, Doug, a semi recurring guest for you. Okay, I, I had several, and actually, my first one is the barbecue roundtables that you used to do on ribs and brisket, etc. Really, I used to. Yes, I. Mike? That is one of the main reasons I became enamored with the show back in 2010. Hmm. And I actually looked on your computer, even though iTunes screwed it up, yeah. and you can only get the last 50. I have my library that goes back to 2010, and actually, I've got a few of those rib round tables from 28. Really, 2008. Uh, yes, wow, look at that. Yeah, man's game. But I, I would, I would listen to them three, four times, and so I really would look forward to those every time you had those. I think you had them what, like once a quarter or something like that back in the day. Yep. So, um, you know, and I really credit kind of where I am now in terms of the passion and, and what I've done in barbecue to, to a lot of the, uh, the research that I, I learned from those. Mm. Um, other ones, uh, Dave Busca and the meat, uh, the meat, the horse discussion, you know, having an outlet for the horses and he raises horses and he was very nonchalant on that. Sterling Balls, you know, the best moments of the barbecue show brought up this Sterling Balls first interview. What a great interview that was going back and listening to it in terms of kind of setting the stage of where Sterling is now and his importance in the barbecue community. Um, I had Sam on my list, but I, I'm, I'm part German and I've got a long memory and he was just on. Oh, and dear. Since he's opened up. Yeah. Since I don't he like where this that, is going. Uh, the, the <laughs> taco. Whoa. Yeah. No, that taco. The, ever since he opened up the taco place, he's oh, more oh. PC. Okay. And he wouldn't answer the stinking questions <laughs> about how many tacos it would take to break it, you know, even. And stuff. Right. I, I don't know. That struck me as wrong. Uh, um, Daniel Vaughn, he's in because of just technically disqualified and, and disqualifying <laughs> you from the, uh, the Kansas City Barbecue Hall of Fame. And, and last but not least, I'm going to go with Harry DeHorse and Connie and Bill Rempe. Wow, look at you. Poles, Harry DeHorse. Wow. All right, um, uh, my semi-recurring guests, I am going to concur with Steve and John, and I uh, immediately induct Sam the Cooking Guy, Sam Zion, no doubt. Uh, also, I'll agree with Doug. I put Daniel Vaughn in there because... Uh, especially on the heels of his most recent interview, which I thought was uh, probably one of the better segments in show history, as uh, Doug had alluded to, the uh, 
uh, general attitude keeping me out of the Barbecue Hall of Fame. We also talked about a couple of other items in there. Uh, I was embarrassed in front of my uh, neighbor Desmond, who uh, also had to be party to that whole discrepancy. So uh, that was very fun. Um, John Marcus, as a semi-recurring guest, holds a special place in my heart because, I mean, think about what he has done single-handedly for the industry and perhaps the interest in getting into competition barbecue. People were seeing it on television. They were looking at these dudes and gals out there cooking and going, hey, I think I could do that. I could probably get into that. So there's been a number of people that have come on my show over the years, ever since Pitmasters has been on television, and say that part or all of their inspiration was watching it on television. So now they're out there on the circuit, and some of them are successful. Some of them aren't, and they're having a good time. So John Marcus makes it into the semi-recurring Hall of Fame for me. Uh, Jess Pryles is in there without a doubt because she – uh, knows a lot. Um, I think a lot of people want to uh, take her down because they can't seem to, everybody wants to be able to track back to where this pinnacle moment is. And I think some people don't or aren't able to find any satisfaction where the pinnacle moment is for her. Uh, I mean, she founded, uh, co-founded Australasian Barbecue Society. She came over here. Uh, she's done a tremendous amount of study and work with colleges and professional uh, professors, professionals, doctors, all that stuff. So I think she's armed herself with a lot of great information that people just perhaps don't want to give her whatever this, if she was a man, I hate to say it, but maybe people would be a little bit less testy with her. Um, but then, you know, she also looks good. So I think people want to immediately discredit in that regard. So she makes it in my hall of fame. Dave Bosca is in as a semi-recurring guest for any number of reasons. And then, uh, I can't believe nobody said this, but uh, just on appearances alone, love her, hate her, think she's uh, too over the top, think she's too under the bottom, whatever. Diva Q, she's semi-recurring. When she's on my show, she is, you know, not like you see on television. She's probably not like you would see in competition. Genuine and most important. What does it take to be a great guest? Talk with excitement, talk with enthusiasm, passion, have the knowledge, and then be able to bring it across in whatever medium we're working with, whether it's the video or the audio size. And she brings it. She never skirted any question. I think we actually got a little bit like personally involved with her one time when we were talking about why she moved to Florida from Canada and what it was like having to go through her divorce and stuff and you know what that uh, how that whole thing transpired. Always very open, so to me, that gets you into my semi-recurring Hall of Fame, and, and that ends the list. So anybody have any uh, thought or reaction to that before we take the break and then get into one-offs? I, I, I never heard Diva Q on the show. How many times has she been on? Big fan. Big fan, <laughs> Steve. Big fan. Well, I'm, not, I'm not back to 208 like, wow. like, like Doug, but I, mean, I just never – but I like her. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I think she's great. I think she's great on those little infomercials that we see on television. I've – I talked to her one time in Georgia at a competition. She's very gracious, but um, I, I just never heard her. Yeah, I mean, I think she's probably John, been on uh, five, John, five, five six times, John. Down. You think? Mm-hmm. Has she been oh, yeah. on? Has she been on five or six times, John? You think? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, she's one of the first best of shows um, yeah. that we put together. What? She was. She was the first. I think she was on number one, episode number one. If yeah, if I recall was, rec- rec- uh, correctly, I cooked with her at, at the Royal and stuff, and she is just a fantastic human being. She has such a passion for barbecue and teaching, and 
Greg, I actually think the only question she wouldn't answer for you is when you asked her how much uh, she got for the signing uh, to to create her book. Right, right. <laughs> she wouldn't answer that question. <laughs> like, is that is it weird? Like, if if you guys were writing a book and you got an advance, like, would you not? Let's quickly go around the table. Steve, would you tell me if if you got a an advance on a book that you were writing and I asked you what was the advance? Would you tell me? No. Why not? It's none of your business. It's business, man. Yeah, it that's it though, right? It's business. Yeah, it's business. Uh John, would it's you like, tell me? No, because it would make Doug mad because he wouldn't it's the same thing as tacos. It's money. <laughs> so you're just it's doing business. it to make Doug mad. Uh Doug, would you tell me how much advance you got if you got a book deal? No, I wouldn't tell you that, but I would tell you how, how many tacos I need to make to break even. <laughs> What's the difference? Still that, right? Wow. <laughs> What's the difference? The difference is, is because you're helping people that maybe want to start a food truck or a restaurant or whatever and need to know how many stinking tacos. You don't need to know how, how much someone signed for an advance. But uh, yeah, and, and in that same interview, she was very, uh, Diva, Diva Q, Danielle was uh, very complimentary of, of her husband and, and yep. wouldn't, wouldn't say a, a bad word about him. Nope, no doubt about it. All right, guys, so uh, stand by. Read the, hey, hey, Greg, I'd make yep. you read the book first, then I'd tell you, because right. I know you don't read. Yeah, well, maybe I would read for that. That's big news. All right, guys, stand by. This is the Embedded Correspondent segment here on the Barbecue Central Show, and we'll be right back. Talk about one-off Hall of Fame guests. You know who else should be in the... Hall of Fame Cook Shack. That's right. They manufacture smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience, whether you barbecue in the backyard, on the competition circuit, or in a five-star dining facility. Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job, and with a full line of barbecue sauces, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoke and grilling, 101s, a video cooking classroom, Check out all of their social media platforms and check out their world-class barbecue forum. They still got one. Cook Shack pellet-fired smokers, the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion, Ed Fast, Eddie Boren. The FEC 100, PG 1000, always custom favorites. PG 1000 can double as a smoker and a grill, low and slow, hot and fast. Pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cook Shack residential electric smokers are the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can make in your oven, you can make in a Cook Shack. Passion and dedication drives Cook Shack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698 or visit cookshack.com. All right. We are back with more embedded correspondence as we talk about our Barbecue Central Show Guest Hall of Fame. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. We have the embedded correspondents here, Doug Shiding, Texas, Steve Ray, Tennessee, and the gentleman from Michigan, John Solberg. And now we're talking about one-off guests. So maybe they've come in a few times at random or literally one time and you think that they did so well they have to go into the barbecue hall of fame in the one-off category doug we'll start with you okay not the football player but just from sheer entertainment value was ronnie lots okay and him let me stop you one second 
let's quickly go around the dais and see if this is a name that everybody is going to say. John, does Ronnie Lotz make you? Yes. Uh, uh, it's a 100% stone-cold lead pipe lock. Take it to the bank. Sure thing. The roof is on fire. <laughs> Shut it down. Let's go home. Hall of Fame nod for me, for Ronnie Lotz. No doubt. Cigars and stripes. That's right, Gene. No, Don't forget yeah. it, Gene. That's right. Gene. Uh, <laughs> Steve? <laughs> Uh, I don't. You don't know who he is, do you? Oh, I love you. Hey, guys, big fan. Big fan. Oh, big you're fan. killing me, Small. Was it hey, Steve. I'm a four-year guy. Hey, Steve, Steve, Steve. There's a new show out called The Best Moments of the Barbecue Central Show. I listen to that every week when I'm home. <laughs> Obviously, you missed that show. Steve, did you know well, you can made, go what back so through? Great? What makes Ronnie Lott so great? No. Oh, okay. the people making out in the background, and <laughs> and he has to go up. Hey, honey, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. He, there, there's that. There's the fact that he, you know, the background of being a professional wrestler. Uh, uh, he wasn't even a professional wrestler. He was a manager <laughs> of professional wrestlers on a regional circuit. So before the WWF really became the juggernaut that it was. I mean, Steve, you remember? Like, remember when there was like NWA and or especially oh, I'm, down I'm like where you're at, right? I mean, I, there were regional yeah. circuits. It wasn't just yeah, like Jimmy Superfly Snooker and Rowdy Roddy Piper back in the day. You had your regional wrestling circuits. So he was traveling those regional wrestling circuits and being like one of the loud mouths, like a Jimmy Hart guy. And then got back to Chicago somehow, opened up a bar and a restaurant, kind of into barbecue, I think, and was a big fan of the show. We got him on to talk about barbecue in Chicago. He called me Gene every single time he was on, like two or three different times. He called me on purpose Gene. I kept passing it off as he was saying G, like he was trying to be a hipster. But when you go back and listen to it, he's calling me the wrong name on purpose to incite. And it was, but the setting and the way he looked and it's legend, like one-off legend easily. John, right. go, John, go ahead. You I'm want to about, say something? Go ahead. No, I'm just like I'm Steve. You don't need to see the Ronnie Lots. No, I'm going to send you a link back to the Best Up Show. It's undescribable. You cannot describe Ronnie Lots. You can only listen and just go like, like, yeah. holy crap! Yeah. What's the <laughs> saying? You can't control him. You can only hope to contain him. It's it's amazing. It's the best. It's the best one off on the planet. I, I hate to say it. Yeah, right. it's true. Ronnie Lots. He, he, he uh, could talk. Has, he. He could talk for two or three segments. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Ronnie Lott's hands down in. Um, right, go ahead, Doug, for the rest of your one-offs. Okay, all right. I have to give a shout-out to my uh, Texas buddy, Kit Polk. He was on the show one time. What seemed to be a little mm. nervous, didn't have his Medina accent that he, he normally has. But he does have a rule. Yep. Uh, if if the meat is good, something good is about to happen. That's right. Well, and, uh, what, what I think that's that? pretty – Four? That's pretty – legendary for being on the show one time yeah no doubt um yeah uh adrian miller his segment was incredible when he came on and it yeah. really helped educate us about columbus hill um yeah. that was that was really good for me and maybe this is just my ignorance uh jeff staney 
uh, huh? the Slaughterhouse Five, his segment in terms of I, I didn't know about uh, all the things he and how long he'd been in barbecue and why he was you know being inducted into the Hall of Fame and he was so well spoken. So that that's actually a segment that uh, sticks out in my mind. Um, the crowd cow and the olive wagyu was re, uh, wagyu you know uh, meat was really fascinating to me. So I, I really thought that was good. And uh, probably most recently is just you know and I hate to say last last week but Ed Gass. He was such a fan of the show. You could tell he 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 loved the show, and you know, balls to him for staying up and Oof. doing it. That's exactly what I would do. So I respected that. Um, by the way, that's rule number four. If the meat is good, something good is going to happen. So yes. uh, props to Kid Polk. Um, John, your one-offs. My one-offs is a list of Langs, and I'm going to go down with Ben Lang, Mike Lang, Adam Perry Lang. Hmm. I'm going to throw in a Dave Close, and I'm going to toss on a Shotgun Fred. Wow. Yeah, Shotgun Fred legends, uh, right? Yeah, Shotgun Fred is, you know, to me, that's all. That's like uh, that's up there with the Ronnie Lotz level, you know, when Shotgun's on. that. That's it's some great stuff. Yeah, and I don't think people understand, um, and, and usually when the Shotgun competition comes around in the early part of the year that uh, Bob Trudnack runs down in Texas, how accomplished and how successful – uh, Fred Perkle was outside, like the barbecue guru was a drop in the bucket or a pittance compared to the empire he had at Thermo Megatech. I mean, just look at the endowment he gave. Was it Sam? Is it Sam Jones or Sam Houston College or wherever he graduated? I think he left a $25 million endowment to that university. So, I mean, he was doing pretty okay. And when he brought out the barbecue guru to market and everybody took a dump all over him. And told them it would never sell and never be anything, and to grow it into pretty much the the Kleenex of automatic pit temperature control devices is uh, absolute great success story what, in this didn't industry. He tell, didn't he tell the story about something he was making that for something else? Yes, and they were sitting around and and they said, you know what, that would make a good thing to stick in our barbecue. Yeah, he thing. had a he had a a client come in who had a smoker and said, Hey, I know you do this in yeah. some other uh, segments. Is there any way you could do it and put it on my smoker? And that's where the whole concept was born. Yeah, that was a good interview. Uh, one off guest for you, Steve. Oh, okay. I love Adrian Miller. I thought he was mm. fantastic. Yep. Um, really educated us with, um, uh, about the old black pit masters. I, uh, I bought both of his books and I've read them. Uh, they're fantastic, especially the ones about the cooks for the presidents. Uh, very, very educational, very good. Um, and his face, following him on Facebook is just incredible. He's a really a unique guy. Uh, one of my favorites was Andy Staples, the guy from ESPN. Yeah. Thank you, John, for reminding me of his name. Yeah. That that guy, you, you know, that night, that night, Greg, you came on the show late. You had oh, spilt yeah. your water on yes. your equipment. Remember? Oh. oh, I remember. You were in a. You were in a. A, a sissified tizzy. Yes. And, and you went on and you went right into, went right into the interview with him. He didn't know what was going on and you couldn't tell that you were, you were all discombobulated. And, uh, of course, being a, uh, the Southeast conference football fan, like I am, he, uh, he really, uh, related to me. And I thought, yeah, that's pretty cool. Cause, cause when you're, when you're hanging around sports guys and you're hanging around sports writers and, announcers like i have for a good part of my adult life that's the one thing we all talk about is where we're going to eat 
who's got the best food, who's got the best barbecue, who's got the best steak in what town. And uh, for him to take that one step further, I thought was really cool. But my all-time favorite, and he's been on twice, is uh, Aaron Franklin. Uh, both of the interviews, I still go back uh, to February 10th and listen this year mm. and listen to the Aaron Franklin interview that you do with him. Every time I, I listen to it, I, I pick up on something that that I that I missed. He he to me he is such a uh, a neat guy. Um, the only thing he does is he goes to work and he does all these all these things these different things. He's very handy apparently. And uh, but he but he the one thing he does do is cook great brisket. And everybody in this whole barbecue community always talks about Aaron Franklin. Yet when you see him interviewed. He is he is humble. He never has a bad word to say about anybody or anything. He kind of he's a shoulder shrugger. Uh, the interview John Marcus did with him uh, is is a great interview too. Um, I just he's just a, a unique guy that um, that's out out there making a living, and all of a sudden he caught lightning in a bottle, and uh, everybody's talking about him, but and he's not talking about anybody. And, uh, in, in the, both of the interviews that you do with him uh, and they were, and they spanned four years, yeah. uh, are both as unique and especially the one after he had the, the fire at his, as his restaurant, you talked about that. I could relate to that because back on February 8th of this right. year, I had a That's tremendous right. fire yep. at my business. And, you know, the one question that you asked him that stood out to me is, did you ever think about not rebuilding? And he said, no. And, um, I had somebody ask me that question one time at the gas station. I said, never crossed my mind. Hmm. So I know exactly how he felt. And I, I just think that was a great interview. He did a good job. And, uh, and you asked him some question matter one. I forgot which question it was, but you asked him and he said, huh, nobody's ever asked me that before. And you could tell he appreciated that question. And, uh, and he, he went into great detail about it. So it was a great interview and he's a great guest. All right. So I will leave you with my one-off guest list, uh, Myron Mixon makes it on there for me. I mean, he's been on a couple times, I think like two times, but uh, I think it if, if you can find those interviews and if you have developed your own opinion on him being some type of a bag because of how you see him on television, the Myron Mixon that you meet in person, uh, and I've seen him at uh, appearances, but here on this show, taking my phone calls, uh, one I think the very first time I had him on, he was literally packing to go to the Jack Daniels event the next day. It was him and his wife, Faye, and uh, I think I actually got Faye on the phone originally, and then she passed it off to Myron. I tried to get her for a couple minutes, but she wasn't having any of that. So he, he's a he's a, a very humble and, and appreciative guy, uh, so Myron makes it, makes it there for me. I don't know if anybody's going to be able to place this name, but it took place March 3rd, 2014. Michael Medium Rare O'Donnell, who I believe was the creator and business builder of caveman tools and it was it could easily be driven by except we had a great rapport i had asked him some pretty off the wall questions and he had in in turn turned it back on me when i i forget exactly what i asked him and then without batting an eyelash he asked me if i would have sex with an elephant and it was like the funniest thing that i had heard all that year and, and perhaps for a year or so on uh, so, uh, Michael O'Donnell, go back and check that out, March 3rd, 2014. Um, this guy's probably more in the semi-recurring, uh, but he has about a load of times. Travis Clark from Clark Crew Barbecue, very accomplished. 
any for any number of reasons. But again, a guy who's very honest, very open, and isn't looking to dodge any questions. Uh, CJ Clarence Joseph from Mama and Papa Joe's Barbecue, one of my favorite guests uh, that I've had on. Again, I think he's only been on twice. I would love to have him on more. Uh, great passion, uh, great success, uh, good ambassador of barbecue, and very open to share his knowledge. Um, I think Chad Ward kind of fits into the same degree here, and I will put him in uh, on that. Then, does anybody remember this name? Going all the way back to early 2009, Carrie Oliver. She was crowd cow before crowd cow. She was all into artisanal beef before it was popular. She had started uh, Oliver Ranch, I believe, was the name of her company. She was doing steak tastings on uh, cattle that she was getting that was raised and finished different ways. And instead of wine tasting, she was encouraging these beef tastings, which a crowd cow's kind of taken over now. But Carrie Oliver stands out as a terrific one-off guest going into the Hall of Fame because she was that beef before that beef is that beef now, which is a crowd cow. And then uh, this guy is uh, not a a one-off by any stretch of the imagination, but I I want to give this guy a, a spotlight, if you will, because he shows up on the show whenever I ask. He is a sponsor of the show, which has nothing to do with him going into the Hall of Fame, by the way, but I want to make sure that I'm putting it all out. And I'm not going to speak out of school about conversations that we have had off the air, but this guy goes in maybe in his own category for a guy who has done more for barbecue than anybody realizes, and that's the pit master of uh, Big Papa Smoker, Sterling Ball. I guarantee you a lot of people have no idea what he does and who he's corresponding with and who he's partnering with to make barbecue what it is today. But if he left today, I could look back and say when he got in it, it was here. When he left, it is here, and it is better for him being in here. So I want to make sure that I I agree with that 100%. Absolutely. Then does anybody – hold on. Damn it. i got to make sure I'm all set up here. Let me stop my clock. This was my whole bit. Does anybody remember this name? Pacific Northwest, a super fan of the show for many, many years. Competing under the name Lake House Barbecue. Winning grand championships. <laughs> winning reserve grand championships. Showing up on the show. And then, gang, it all took a left hand turn. 2017. The year that the horse meat movement got afoot. We made t-shirts that said hashtag horse meat 2017. And then we compete or we turned it around and did it again for 2018. Hashtag horse meat 2018. And she, a super fan, instituted her own band of the show. I'm talking about Pitmaster of Lake House Barbecue, Diane Me. No! She put a self-imposed ban on the show because of horse meat. Because of horse meat. (laughs) Gang, she goes in because she is, I guess, in essence, the very definition of a super fan. Her morals, she had to stick to it because she's like, hey, as long as this jackass is going to run with horse meat 2018. I mean... 
do we really think I have any steam or momentum to get horse meat on the docket? I mean, I've been doing it for two effing years, and it hasn't happened, but I'm going to try. <laughs> and it appears that every year that horse meat comes in, the band continues. So I have to respect and put somebody into a Hall of Fame who, no matter how long she had loved the show previous, when the horse meat came up, she said, no way, I'm putting a self-imposed ban of listening and supporting the show. So that's how it finishes for me, uh, Diane Me, who I still appreciate and adore, and if there's any way we could find common ground, as long as I'm still running horse meat, I would love to do that. But if we can't, I understand it. And there we go. Gentlemen, around the table, what do we think about Diane Me boycotting the show over horse meat? Steve? I love it. I love it. Love Stick it. by your guns, Diane. Right. Stick by your guns. John? I'm all bo- I'm all about it. She should be in the Hall of Fame. I can think of no better reason, and she's a one-off guest. Yeah, that's right. One-off guest. Doug? I'm good with it. I'm good with it. I would like to make a special presentation if I can interrupt this uh, melancholy uh, oh, okay. segment. Yeah. I hate it when people quit the I'm, show. I always do that. I know. I, exactly. Steve, this is for you. I know you finished second this weekend and didn't punch your World Food Championship, but I saw Jess Pryles on Sunday, and, she, and I bought a book and asked her to address it to you. And oh she God. said, yes, to Steve Ray. Cook it like you mean it. And then in parentheses, she put my second favorite barbecue central EC. <laughs> Jess Bryles. Really? She did say that? I love it. You need to send that to me. You need to. Hey, real quick, real quick, I want to say this too. Yeah. I, I'm going to put somebody in my barbecue hall of fame. And, that, and, and John, I think you and Doug will agree with me. I'm going to put. Greg Remping into the oh, talk show hall of fame. And, and I'm going to tell you, when I've. The first time I came across this show, I was searching the internet, Greg, just like you did when you started 11 years ago when your wife gave you that Weber uh, Smoky Mountain Smoker. You were looking for information. When I started, I was looking for information as well, and I just Googled barbecue shows, and you came on, and I started watching, and after a couple times, I was I was so impressed with your professionalism, and I'm going to tell everyone in the barbecue community – you may like this guy. You may hate this guy. You may think this guy doesn't know anything about barbecue. You may think he hung the moon. But I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> he likes he, he, he may not like you, but if you're interesting, he will make it a point to talk to you. And if he challenges you, don't be upset. He just wants information. That's all he has. He has total respect for every guest that he talks to. And that's the thing that comes across, Greg, when you're interviewing people, the respect that you have for all of your guests. And when you when you make sure you hit a mark and on time, you may be talking to Darren Worth, and, and that's the most interesting conversation there is. And you may have Barbecue Timmy coming up after him. By golly, you'll cut off Darren and you'll get to Barbecue Timmy. And I admire that about you. And I think everybody should, when they listen to Greg, you like him, don't like him, but don't ignore him because he is the prominent voice of what we do in this country. And people will listen to him. And if you have a message that you want to get across to the barbecue world, you need to come through the Barbecue Central Show. Steve, without question, uh, that is – 
Rarely am I at a loss for words, but I appreciate uh, what you said, and uh, that certainly means a lot. And, uh, yeah, so let's uh, quickly go back around, see if anybody needs to throw anybody else in before we call it a night. John Solberg, we're good with the list? I'm good. Doug? I'm good. I would still like to uh, hear Bobby Flay and Michael Simon. Uh, Yeah, no doubt. So, So would I. We're working on that, right, John? Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, let me guess. No pressure. Uh, Bobby Flay's email: bflay at aol dot com. Right? I guess. Nacho uh, at aol dot uh, Steve, anybody else? While you're thinking about it, Jim Rome. Jim Rome, love it. I might bring that up next week. We'll see. Uh, otherwise, uh, the fourth Tuesday of next month, we'll bring these gentlemen back. It's the embedded correspondence segment. The gentleman from Michigan. John Solberg, who also produces the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. Doug Scheiding, the longest-running embedded correspondent of the Barbecue Central show. And Steve Ray, the gentleman from Tennessee. Guys, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. And we will talk to you again next month. All right. So there is... All guests appear via the Traeger Grills The embedded correspondent segment. And we've gone long. Yummy. I'm certainly going to make sure that I take care of all of the business that needs to be taken care of. Let me get out of this. And get out of that. Here we go. Oh, here comes Marley. So cute. So cute. All right, uh, before we get out of here, I want to talk to you quickly about the barbecue guru. Always believing that outdoor cooking should be easy and fun because it can be. Especially with the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. The Monolith is the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. This means smarter control and greater freedom with automatic temperature control. Easily choose your cooking time and temperature. Let the Monolith do the work of a sous chef or a barbecue pit master with minimal effort. You now have oven-like precision at the grill, and you can serve the tastiest, juiciest meals each and every time. If you have any questions, call them 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. Or you can visit the website bbqguru.com. That's bbqguru.com. We're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, welcome back. As we talked about in the first hour, Smoking with Smithfield Committed Cooks. Make sure you head on over to Smoking with Smithfield to A, sign up for the Committed Cooks program for 2019. They are taking applications. Oh, sorry, they are taking uh, participants right now. If you want to also sign up for the 2019 grant program, you can do it the same place. Smithfield Classic is taking place this coming weekend. That is a guinea pig style competition if you've never heard of it before. So you pay uh, one low entry fee, you get all the meat provided for you. So uh, that is the Smithfield Classic. That is a guinea pig style uh, event uh, known as the Smithfield Classic. And then of course, you can learn all about everything that uh, Smithfield has going on with uh, barbecue in general, competition or likewise, smokingwithsmithfield.com. All right, all the way back in the first hour, Mark Anderson, The Grill Dads, thegrilldads.com, at The Grill Dads, 
on the Instagram. Then Belinda Hammond came on from Smithfield. We talked about the new National Barbecue Cup race. We talked about the 2019 Grand Program, the 2019 Committed Cooks, and the upcoming contest this weekend that I just mentioned, the Smithfield Classic. Then in the second hour, we talked with the embedded correspondents, John Solberg from Michigan, Steve Ray, Tennessee, Doug Scheiding, Texas, covering our guests that should be in the Barbecue Central Show Hall of Fame as guests. I want to hear from you. Who are your favorite guests? Email them to me. I'll read them out next week. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Big show planned for you next week. I have a mushroom foraging expert, if you can believe it or not. And somebody that's going to talk to you about a little thing called Koji. Ever heard of that? You will next week. Much more. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Reppy first saying... Catch me outside. And secondly, saying good night now.